The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to the Disney Wedding Podcast. This show is brought to you by Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, the only guidebook and bridal organizer tailored exclusively to Disney's fairy tale weddings at Walt Disney World. I'm Carrie Hayward, and each week I feature Disney wedding updates, money saving tips, and interviews with wedding vendors and real Disney couples. I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates romance at Disney destinations. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, I am speaking with Emily Echeverria about her wedding at the Wedding Pavilion, with a reception at the Napa and Sonoma Rooms at California Grill, and a welcome party at UK Lockside. I thought you guys would be interested to hear how she chose these locations and how she planned everything and how it all turned out. So welcome, Emily. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I always like to start at the very beginning and find out how you and your fiance decided that you wanted to have your wedding at Disney. So my husband, Miguel, grew up in a Disney family and I did not. He went to Disney all the time when he was a child. So when we began dating in high school, One of our first trips together was to Disney World, and I instantly fell in love with it. So throughout our relationship, we were always going down to Disney, always bringing our families down and kind of getting everyone into the Disney bubble. So we got engaged in Disney, and then we were trying to plan a wedding down here in South Jersey, but we just couldn't make sort of the ends tie up the way we wanted them to. And one morning I was driving to work and I called him and I just said, why don't we do it at Disney? We can do it really small. We can have it just as our family and really show everyone what we love about Disney. And from there, we just made the call and made it happen. That's wonderful. How did your friends and family react when they found out where the wedding was going to be? Nobody was surprised. They all said, of course, it's going to be in Disney because it's Emily and Miguel. But they were all really excited. A lot of my family has never been to Disney World before, or they haven't been in a number of years. So this was really the perfect opportunity to give them sort of that all-inclusive experience and show them everything that we loved about Disney. So they were not surprised whatsoever, and they were so excited to travel down. That's wonderful. How many guests did you invite, and how many were able to make the trip? We invited about 50 guests with sort of the caveat that we knew a handful of them would not be able to attend as a result of age or illness or mobility issues or work constraints. So we anticipated and budgeted the wedding for about 35 guests. And all in all, we ended up with 33 guests. Okay, got it. Did you set up a room block for your guests? Yes, we did set up a room block because we had a rather small wedding. We only chose a deluxe and a value resort and decided to forego the moderate resort tier. So for our value resort, we chose Art of Animation for the Disney theming. 
including a reservation at the Lion King suite for one of our larger family units that was going to be traveling down. We were stuck between choosing Art of Animation or Pop initially, but our room block specialist really helped us make that decision to really give everyone the Disney experience. And then for our deluxe resort, we chose the Grand Floridian. We stayed at the Grand Floridian for the length of our wedding trip, and we wanted to give our families the opportunity to stay close by. We also felt like the Grand was just sort of the quintessential Disney fairy tale weddings experience hotel. Many of our guests are DVC members, cast members, or chose to book their own accommodations off-site. So we met the exact minimum of 10 nights for our room block. That's great. How did you choose the day of the week and time of day for your wedding? So we got married on November 1st, 2022. I really wanted it to be a first of the month. I'm not sure why. I just really like how clean the numbering looks. 11-1-22 had a really nice ring to it when I first thought of it. And I'm a huge Halloween fan. So the idea of having our rehearsal dinner on Halloween sold me on the November 1st idea. The time of year seemed really favorable for weather, and it ensured that our guests would get to see both the Halloween decor and the Christmas decor throughout the parks and resorts. That day ended up falling on a Tuesday, which I was worried about initially, thinking that it may sort of dissuade guests from attending, but it really didn't in the slightest. We sort of figured that when it's a destination wedding, the day of the week is really a non-factor. We went with the 2.30 p.m. ceremony time because we didn't want to rush between the ceremony and reception, which began at 6 p.m. And we also wanted to give our guests the chance to catch up with one another, change if needed, tend to their little ones, which was exactly what they did. It worked out really perfectly. The time of day we found was really ideal and allowed us to capture photos at several different sort of lighting options throughout the day. That's great. How did you choose your ceremony and reception venues? Well, the wedding pavilion was definitely a no-brainer. When we first saw it, we only saw sort of photo and video, and we just loved how it looked like a chapel, how it had the really like grand, sweeping views of Magic Kingdom, and that beautiful chandelier. We knew that we wouldn't have to do much to really make the room sort of sparkle. I loved the idea of having a live organist as well. And I love the sort of color palette and theming of the Grand Floridian. So we really, we were really drawn to that. And then in picking our reception venue, we love California Grill. It was one of the first sort of date nights that we had went on when we first started going to Disney together. And we're major foodies. So it was always one of our favorite restaurants. Um, And I liked the idea of having sort of two private rooms for our guests to pass in between. So having both Napa and Sonoma gave us a lot of flexibility and a lot of space for our guests to walk around, use our guest book, dance if they wanted to, enjoy dinner. And it also gave us the latitude to actually end up customizing our menu with the California Grill team. We were very patient and we were very persistent with talking with the California Grill team. We designed a custom menu prior to being connected with our planner and then just got it to her as soon as we possibly could and asked what expectations the California Grill team could meet. 
and then what things we might have to forego. So we definitely advocated for that one. That's interesting. So for my listeners who are not familiar, at Walt Disney World, usually the convention centers cater receptions at almost all the locations. So the sky is pretty much the limit for what you can have on your menu. But when you do an event at California Grill, it's California Grill itself that is doing the catering for that event. And so they have set menus that usually there are a few modifications they can make or they can swap things among the menus, but people get stressed out because suddenly it feels like I don't have as many choices at California Grill. So Emily, can you talk a little bit about what you did to customize the menu and what you were allowed to do and not allowed to do? Absolutely. So all of the items on our dinner menu, we did pull from the existing California Grill menus We just played sort of Tetris with what we wanted and items that we didn't want. I am also a vegetarian. We had a few other small dietary restrictions with our guests that we wanted to ensure that they were able to adhere to. So we ended up doing a nine course meal. We did a bread service, the tomato and burrata panzanella. I had just asked if they could do anything with a burrata salad and gave them sort of full creative license to do what they wanted to. And then of course the goat cheese ravioli, we did a seasonal sorbet, a sort of the palate cleanser. We requested a pasta course and said, you know, do whatever you want, whatever you can seasonally with a pasta course. And they ended up doing a cacio pepe. It was phenomenal. And then we asked for a vegetarian steak and chicken option, which they ended up sort of pulling and designing based upon their seasonal menu. And then we did the dessert trio to sort of complement our wedding cake, which again, we pulled items that existed on their catering menus, but sort of moved them around and augmented them in a way that complemented the rest of the meal. And they were really open and willing to work with us on all of those modifications. That's fantastic. Now, I know a lot of your venues prohibit certain types of outside vendors, but were you able to work with outside vendors and how did you choose them? Yes. So we used outside photography, videography, and hair and makeup services. So for photography, we used Katie Troffer Photography. Katie was absolutely phenomenal from the minute we connected. She was one of the first photographers that we had sort of an exploratory phone call with. And right away we connected with her. We hung up and we were like, that's our girl. That's who we have to book. And she was phenomenal throughout the planning process. She talked to me constantly as often as I wanted to, to sort of go over shot lists and kind of the ambiance of the photos that we wanted to capture. So she was amazing. And her second shooter, Rachel, was equally amazing. They complimented each other so well throughout the day. And they were just this well-oiled machine and they were really a pleasure to spend our day with that's a big thing that i i always take away from others advice on the podcast and on blogs is that you're really spending the entire day with your photography and videography team really more than you are with your new spouse so that for them to be people that are personable and easy to talk to and fun to be around is just such a plus And then they worked perfectly with our videographers. We used Trinity Wedding Cinema. That's David and Christina Rennie. They're a husband and wife duo. They do tons of Disney weddings. We couldn't believe it as we were walking through the Grand Floridian. 
cast members were saying hi to them left and right. And they were like, oh, you're back today. <laughs> so they are clearly mavens at what they do. And they told us from the beginning that their job was to sort of not be visible throughout the day. And they were so amazing at capturing stealthy footage that was intimate and meaningful and not posed or sort of commercialized, but they just got such a true essence of the wedding day. So they were phenomenal as well. And our photographer and videographers, like I said, they were the nicest team. It was as if they both sort of knew each other and knew each other's language for years prior to getting with us for the day. So they were awesome to be with all day. And then finally, for our hair and makeup, I went with the 911 stylist who's based out of Orlando, Jackie. She is absolutely amazing. She did my hair and makeup as well as my mother, my mother-in-law, and my sister, who is my maid of honor, and then my two little flower girls. She came with one of her second stylists, Tiffany, and they were up bright and early with us. They brought so much energy and so much fun. And even throughout that process with Jackie, anytime I wanted to talk about hair and makeup or I had any questions about its durability, because I am definitely not immune to the Florida humidity. She was amazing and really, really listened to what everyone wanted. Everything was simple and natural and perfect and then of course she came back two days later for our park shoot was willing to get up with me again at like two o'clock in the morning so all of our vendors were were really something that's fantastic how did you choose your officiant we had reverend kevin knox as our officiant we first saw him through a ton of other Disney fairy tale weddings, and we loved his presence. We loved his accent and you know, sort of his countenance. We found him really charming and thought he was sort of the perfect person to be photographed and captured on video. His voice and just the way that he presents himself is so likable. He's so warm and feels like a member of your family from the minute you meet him. So we did a super quick exploratory call with Rev Kev and again, knew right away when we hung up that that was who we were going to book with. So we had Rev Kev and we loved that he incorporated so many sort of spiritual and religious touches that really meant something to us and helped us have a ceremony that was intimate and personal without either of us having to write any vows because we wanted sort of the content of our ceremony to be pulled through verses from the Bible and things that we were taught by our families. And he was just so perceptive and open to making that happen. That's great. Did you guys add any entertainment to the ceremony or the reception? Yes. So for the ceremony, we had the organist who was phenomenal. We were on the fence about adding any sort of additional musical elements, but after watching a couple of videos, we just really found that the organ was simple and beautiful exactly as it was. And then for our reception, we had DJ Steve Dunlap, and I really cannot sing his praises enough. And I have to hand this one to my husband because I was really against having a DJ at first. I thought that it would kind of ruin the sophisticated, classy, understated vibe that we were going for. 
but we ended up having DJ Steve in the Sonoma room. So sort of in our cocktail hour slash dancing room while we had dinner in the Napa room and the music was piped in. And honestly, he was perfect. He read the room. He knew when to cut our first dance song. So we weren't sort of awkwardly dancing for like four or five minutes straight. (laughs) And he finished the night with All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey, because our wedding was the day after Halloween, aka officially Christmas. So (laughs) he was pretty much a legend for that. Everyone went crazy. (laughs) Now, do you have any cake flavors you could recommend? Oh my gosh, we had the best cake. Starting with our cake, we did a three tier and the top and bottom tiers were funfetti cake with cookies and cream frosting. And then the middle tier was the lemon cake with the lemon curd and fresh blueberries. Both were so delicious and serviced two really distinctively different flavor palettes. So we felt like we kind of captured all of our guests' tastes in that cake. And then, of course, we brought in those prepared plastic takeaway containers and our guests made any extra cake absolutely disappear before the night was over. (laughs) Can you tell my listeners a little bit about the welcome party you added at Epcot? So we had our sort of welcome party slash rehearsal dinner with our full wedding guest list at UK Lockside the night before the wedding. It fell on Halloween, which was really fun. So we had a a super inventive and exciting menu for that as well. We ended up doing the Mickey pretzels with cheese and mustard. We did the honey chicken flatbread from the Honey Bistro at the Food and Wine Festival, as well as the Impossible Burger Sliders from the Earth Eats booth at the Food and Wine Festival. And then we did a watermelon and arugula salad, the miniature rose gold mini ears cupcakes, miniature creme brulees, and then the ice cream cart of Mickey bars and Mickey ice cream sandwiches. And then we did an open bar with beer and wine, but we also added a specialty cocktail. We did the grown-up lemonade from Woody's Lunchbox, which everyone loved they thought it was just the most amazing thing ever so we watched the fireworks it was harmonious at the time uk lockside really had the perfect vantage point to watch the fireworks and we got some of our best photos there and then afterwards we took our guests over to remy's ratatouille adventure and got them on a ride mix in for that which was such a catch because we were really We were really uncertain, granted what our planner had said about whether or not we would be able to do a ride mix in at Ratatouille's, but a couple of months prior, she let us know that we got the green light, and they even let our photographer take a couple of photos in the ride of us, which was so special. It was really the perfect sort of cap at the end of the night and an opportunity to give our guests an experience that they might not be able to access as easily just entering the park as regular park guests. That sounds great. Can you give my listeners a timeline of how the wedding day ran? Yes, absolutely. So my hair and makeup began 
probably around 5.30 or 6 o'clock. So our hair and makeup stylist arrived at my room and my family, my mom, my mother-in-law, my sister, they all filtered in as well. And we got ready until about noon where my JF coordinator sent me a text message, let me know that she was on our flowers and getting all the boys sort of wrangled into where they needed to be around probably 1130. Katie and Trinity Wedding Cinema showed up to begin shooting details and dress photos, getting ready photos. I had written all of my family and Miguel's family handwritten note cards that I was able to have them capture on photo, them opening them up, which was really special. And then around noon, we started capturing photos throughout the Grand Floridian. They were really mindful and so strategic in making sure that Miguel and I didn't cross paths at any point because we weren't doing a first look. So they got Miguel and my dad and my father-in-law and my brother-in-law into the main lobby to get photos on the staircase and portraits of him and his family. And then around one o'clock, I did a first look with my dad, which was the most special thing. It was so emotional and just so sweet. The sweetest thing. If anyone's able to sneak one of those into their timeline, it was the best. Around 1.15 for about an hour, I did photos throughout the Grand with my family. That was when we got those coveted staircase photos, which was so much fun. I swear we just turned around and there were just throngs of people taking photos and asking questions. And it was really a special time. Um, around 2.10, we began traveling over to the wedding pavilion to prep for the ceremony. We opted to do no transportation. So my brother-in-law was a saint and drove us all over there, which was great because it was a rather warm day for November. From about 2.30 to 3 o'clock was our ceremony. We timed it for about 30 minutes, but it did truly feel like about three seconds from the time we got into the wedding pavilion to the time that it was all wrapped up. But it was wonderful. And having the video of it helps me actually remember what we all said, but it was so sweet. From about 3 o'clock to 3.30, we had our staged exit. We did a flower petal toss exit. And then we got a few photos with some of our extended family members. And then from about 3.30 to maybe 5.30, we did tons of portraits, Miguel and I. And he was such a saint because all men hate taking photos, but he was so patient to do tons of photos all throughout the Grand Floridian grounds. Um, just about every sort of landscape or architectural photo spot that they could find they did um and then we scurried up to our room real quick and i changed into a more comfortable dress for our reception and we had a drink together just the two of us and just chatted with our 
um, videography and photography teams, which was so nice. Like I said, just hanging out with them all day. That was one of the funnest parts was just being in our room, cracking open white claws and just chatting for a minute before we got back into sort of the craziness of the day. And then from 5.30 to 6 o'clock, we traveled via monorail from the Grand Floridian over to the Contemporary. I have to say that was one of the things I was really concerned about was getting our guests from point A to point B without organized transportation. But our day of coordinators were amazing and made sure that everyone was in the right place. At six o'clock, our cocktail hour began in the Sonoma room. We did join our cocktail hour with all of our guests, um, which I thought was just the best. We did our first dances, first Miguel and I, and then my father and I, and then Miguel and his mother. And then we just enjoyed the rest of our cocktail hour. We took all of our guests out on that private balcony off of the Napa and Sonoma rooms at California Grill. And they were just blown away. It was just the perfect time of night. The sun's like setting over Magic Kingdom. It was so beautiful. And then at about seven o'clock, DJ Steve let everyone know that we were shifting over to the reception room, over to the Napa room to begin the dinner service. So we got over there. Everyone got settled. We had a really beautiful U-shaped table that accommodated all 33 guests. We didn't want to do separate round tables. We wanted everyone at a big sort of Roman style table. We had the chocolate Cinderella carriages as everyone's nameplates, so they were able to find where they were seated. And then we began on the first three courses of dinner. So we did the bread, the salad, and the goat cheese ravioli. And then we did our speeches. So my sister, my maid of honor, did a speech my brother-in-law, Miguel's best man, did a speech. And then my father, as the host, did sort of a welcome and prayer, which was really beautiful. And then we proceeded with the rest of the dinner service right after our entrees. But before the dessert portion, we did our cake cutting so as not to sort of interfere with when fireworks were planned to go off. So we did our cake cutting and the California Grill culinary team got right on cutting up the cake and preparing it for service. And then it was time for the enchantment fireworks. All of our guests went out on the private balconies to watch the fireworks and our photography and videography teams swept us away into a private little corner to get tons of amazing footage of the fireworks. Um, we hadn't yet seen Enchantment from the California Grill, and it absolutely blew my mind. It was so beautiful, and all of our guests were just awestruck and totally speechless at how nice it was. And then we, we got back into our reception room, we had cake and we got everyone on our guest book and everyone had drinks and they were dancing. And then right around, I'd say 11 or 11.30, we wrapped up with that Christmas song and everyone was very tired and very excited to 
you know, get to bed, get the high heels off. Um, so we hopped on the monorail and got back to our resort. <laughs> so when you were planning, what were the most important aspects where you focused your attention or your budget? So overarching, our most important aspect was definitely guest experience. We wanted our eldest, our youngest, every guest in between to feel like they got the true Disney VIP experience. To us, that meant limiting any sort of entertainment fatigue, providing a really all-inclusive experience, and of course, showing them all of our favorite parts of Disney and why we are constantly flying down here to come to Disney. So that really meant honing in on things like our ride mix-in, which was so special and everyone was so swept away by the opportunity to just get in this completely cleared out ride, Ratatouille. They'd heard about it, they'd read about it, their neighbors talked to them about it, and they couldn't believe that they were just hopping on only a few months after it had opened. And then, of course, food and drink, which is one of our favorite components of visiting Disney. We worked really closely with our planner to create our custom menus that highlighted our favorite meals, as well as things we knew our guests loved. This meant advocating for the little things like espresso martinis at the California Grill. We knew that all of our guests would demand them hand over fist and California Grill was not super enthusiastic about doing them at first, but they were so nice and were able to accommodate us. And then the last thing I would say is probably just photography and videography and finding ways to memorialize and capture the day in a way that would help us to remember it so we could be present on the day of. So we had about 12 hours of photography and videography coverage. And it was perfect having Katie and Rachel and David and Christina there all day long to capture every little detail, all of the hugs, all of the reunions, people seeing each other for the first time in years, my, my little niece and my nephews and little cousins getting to see things like the fireworks for the first time. That meant everything to us. So ensuring that those details that really helped our event feel curated and designed in a way that's really true to sort of Miguel and I's constitution and our personalities was really important to us. That's fantastic. Were there any aspects that were less important where you saved your money or just your effort? We definitely didn't save any effort, but we did save money on our floral and decor. From our initial meeting with our floral specialists, we expressed that we really wanted just classic white tea roses, no greenery, nothing fancy, nothing gauche or gaudy. Everything was black and white and it was so classy. Providing really clear constraints with regard to vision and budget made that floral planning process really seamless. We also chose to forego providing any transportation because the logistics just seemed like a nightmare. And thankfully, the pacing and the location of each of our events meant that we were able to skip out on transportation without risking our attendees' presence. That was something that definitely saved a lot of headaches and a, a significant amount of our budget. So what ended up being your favorite memory of the wedding day? 
Oh my gosh. That is the most impossible question. I have so many. Um, firstly, of course, taking vows in front of our family and God and just sharing our wedding experience with the people that we loved. Our guest list was all family. So it felt really intimate and just really personal to the kind of family that we want and the kind of families that we come from. A few other favorites, though, watching my great aunt and uncle who are in their mid 80s wear 3D glasses and giggle like little children all throughout the Ratatouille ride. There was something so priceless about that. We have photos of them wearing these 3D glasses and it's just the funniest thing because I mean, they've seen everything in their lives, but they were just speechless at the ride and just cracking up when the water splashes and when you go under the heat they definitely had the best time out of anyone and it was just the best thing another was after our first dances were over at our cocktail hour it just felt like that final sort of sigh of relief like all of our duties were done for the day we said our vows we took all of our photos we did our dances and then we could just really sort of let loose for the rest of the night. So uh, that was nice. And then the last thing I could think of is probably listening to the speeches that our siblings gave and that my father gave because they really like put the bow on the event and they're people that are so close to us. So they kind of gave their perspective on why they weren't surprised that we were in Disney for the wedding and how they felt about, you know, our relationship and getting to know both of us in the marriage. And it just felt like a great time. We were just in a room with everyone that we loved. So it was perfect. That's wonderful. Did anything go wrong or just not turn out like you expected? I don't think a single thing went wrong. And if it did, they made sure that we did not know a thing about it. Our day of coordinators were literally playing defense all day long. Anytime I asked Diane, who was by my side all day, and she was an absolute saint about anything, about what time it was, about where we needed to go. She was just like, don't worry about it. I've got it. Don't worry. And she meant it. <laughs> the only minor misstep that I can think of was during our welcome party at UK Lockside during the Harmonious Fireworks my sister got a piece of firework ash in her eye. <laughs> oh my gosh. I did not know until after the fact, until the next morning. But the, the EMTs were really quick to swoop her away and the fire department was there to assist with flushing and making sure that her eye was okay. I was concerned that she might not be able to have her makeup done or she might just be generally uncomfortable. But sure enough, the next day she was up bright and early and she was totally fine. So that was no big deal, but definitely a forewarning to anyone in proximity to fireworks. Interesting. Okay. Now, was there anything that seemed like a big deal beforehand or you were worried about, and then it turned out not to be a big deal? You mentioned transportation. Yes. Timeline and just general guest management. Like I said, we chose not to coordinate any vehicular travel like buses or vans for our guests. And I was so worried that we would have a stray uncle or cousin just like 
wandering around Animal Kingdom when the reception was at California Grill and they just had like no idea where they were supposed to be. (laughs) (laughs) But our day of coordinators were phenomenal and herded our guests like little sheep all throughout the day and just took them from event to event. So even when we were swept away for portraits between the ceremony and the reception, our coordinators by some miracle just ensured that everyone even you know our families who had little babies with them up to our elder guests who had ecvs all made it to the contemporary with plenty of time to relax drink beforehand and prepare for the evening that's fantastic is there anything you would have done differently knowing what you know now honestly no i am a project manager so i really looked at our wedding through a sort of what could we have done better lens following the event. And I came up completely blank. Everything was perfect. Of course, we did our due diligence in planning it, but Disney and their team really went above and beyond in executing our vision. So all we can do is have an equally amazing vow renewal in a couple of years. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have any other tips or advice for future Disney couples? I would say attend your cocktail hour. We did our first dance at the top of the cocktail hour, and then we just got to hang out with our guests afterwards. And it was so nice to unwind with them before the formal dinner. For a few minutes prior, we also spent time together in our reception room, taking in all of the decor, looking at the cake, the scenery. Our coordinators brought us drinks, and we really sort of immersed ourselves in the event. And then we were able to be super present with our guests and make it a celebration all about our unity and becoming a family rather than spending the cocktail hour, you know, completely sort of separated from our guests. That being said, we also skipped out on doing a sweetheart table and chose to do sort of the Roman seating, which was awesome. And it was so nice to just sit with everyone and talk to them face to face. And then secondly, I say worship your planning team and kindness is so, so paramount in the entire planning process. We were really intentional in communicating to our planning team, clearly setting expectations with our families and enjoying the process, which made our wedding day that much happier. It felt like we were enjoying just the journey of planning the wedding and having the wedding rather than building up a lot of stress to the day of. But by practicing that patience and that kindness with our planning team, they returned the favor tenfold. I tried to outline our emails to Disney really strategically. So I numbered all of our questions and tried to format everything really intuitively, um, which helped us get the answers that we needed in a really timely fashion. And of course, a huge tip that I got from other Disney brides was ask. If you don't ask, the answer is always going to be no. So plenty of our requests got shot down, like we wanted to do a champagne tower, and they said absolutely not. But on the other hand, they accommodated so many requests that we thought were really sort of blue sky ideas, like having photography on Remy's Ratatouille Adventure. And then lastly, the last thing I will say is to be so present. Everyone told me this leading up to the wedding, and it rang so true. 
on the day of things like our flowers and table linen and seating charts meant absolutely nothing. We were there with family that we hadn't seen some of them in years. A lot of our, our distance family was meeting for the first time. So the opportunity to just enjoy time being surrounded by the people that we loved in a place that is so, so close to our hearts and so essential to our identities meant everything because now we always look back on that day so fondly and we can just share in a really, really special experience with our family. That's great advice. Well, Emily, I think you've offered a lot of great tips and advice for anyone who's interested in getting married at Walt Disney World, and I appreciate your taking the time. Of course. Thank you for having me. That's our show for today. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward, inviting you to join me again next week for another episode of the Disney Wedding Podcast. Past shows and tons of photos for each episode are available on my website, DisneyWeddingPodcast.com, or listen in your favorite podcast app. And for instant answers to all your Walt Disney World wedding questions, check out Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at FairytaleWeddingsGuide.com. <laughs>